Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com with my partner, Tony Pauline. And we're back with a few more bowl breakdowns and some breaking news on the 2019 NFL Draft. You enjoying the bowl so far, Tony? Yeah, a lot of them all bunched up. Some interesting games during the week. Some interesting declarations by underclassmen after some of the games. Some that we have talked about previously and some that we'll talk about during tonight's podcast. But bowl season is always a fun time. So we'll get right to it here with the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, which will pit 7-5 and five Toledo against 8-4 and four Florida International. Now, while there's minimal prospect intrigue in this game in terms of the first couple days of the draft, there is a trio of Toledo targets, Deontay Johnson, John Vea Johnson, and Cody Thompson, who do have some day three appeal in the later portions of the draft. What do you like about these guys, Tony? Yeah, they're all different. I mean, Deontay Johnson, who was a third-year junior, who I we've reported before, is expected to enter the draft after this game. He's a smaller, speedier guy, very quick, sure-handed, a slot receiver return specialist. If he enters the draft, then he runs well, and runs well means in the mid-four fours, I think he'll slide into the very late rounds. I think he'll end up at the next level as a potential number five receiver, but his main duty is it will be returning punts. Cody Thompson was a guy who was graded as draftable prior to the 2017 season, had an injury, sat on the sidelines for most of the year, came back and has played well. He's a little bit bigger than Deontay Johnson, 6'1 and a half, 205 pounds, not as fast, more of a possession receiver, but a smart, heady guy who does a great job reading defenses, finding the soft spot on the field, and basically consistently catching the ball with his hands, good fundamentals, and wins out for the contested throw. I can see Thompson, if he works out well in the lead-up to the draft, I believe he's uh, going to be playing at the Shrine game, also sliding into the late rounds. John V. Johnson, the other, uh, the third receiver from Toledo, again, a bigger guy who's not as fast as Deontay Johnson, a little bit more inconsistent. I liked him a lot off the 2017 film. I don't think he improved as much as he uh, as I thought possible this year. But if and when he does enter the draft, again, he's more of a potential late rounder, more likely a, an undrafted free agent guy. And keep an eye on Kadar Holman, the cornerback, a guy who is kind of a sneaky player, a lot of scouts like him. He's got excellent size. He's over six foot tall, which is the magic number for the cornerbacks. He's a good athlete. He's shown flashes. A guy who I think could surprise in the late rounds or at the very least show well in camp next year and then make a roster, sort of a, a surprise uh, roster selection come next fall. We'll move from a game that features some skill position prospects to a game where we have some other late rounders in the trenches this time. And that's the Idaho Potato Bowl. We have six and six BYU. And seven and five Western Michigan facing off. Tony, who are you watching in this one? The Idaho Potato Bowl on, on the blue carpet. Really, if anybody's going to be drafted, it's going to be late. Austin Hoyt, the huge tackle from BYU, and they always put some big boys in the draft from the offensive line. Six seven, three hundred six pounds, kind of maxed out, but he's got thirty-five inch arms, which is a tremendous number. He's shown some flashes. I think he's a right tackle prospect, and from Western Michigan. John Canoy, who's getting a lot of play recently, six foot three, three hundred pounds, quick, slightly undersized, explosive guy who could back up at the next level. If you want a sleeper in this game, a guy who's making a late charge up draft boards, Sione Takataki, the linebacker from BYU, a guy who can play outside, a guy who can play inside, a guy who's watched his game take off. Has some prior off-the-field issues which concern people. Scouts didn't have him rated coming into the year. I rated him as an undrafted free agent. 
I'm told that he could slide into the late round. So watch number 16, Takataki from uh, BYU, the linebacker, as he's a late riser. For our third and final preview of this episode, we'll watch 8-5 and five Memphis and 6-6 six and six Wake Forest face off in the Birmingham Bowl. Now, this game is kind of a contrast of styles. You have the Wake Forest offense and the Memphis defense as far as the prospects to watch in this game. Any particular matchups on those sides of the ball truly spark your interest, Tony? Yeah, well, the one guy from Memphis that we need to talk about from the offensive side of the ball would be Daryl Henderson, the smallish running back incredibly productive, has already announced he's going to enter the draft, rush for over 1,900 yards, 22 touchdowns. I've seen some people have him as a second-day choice. I've given him a last-day grade. I think he's a terrific college back. I just don't know what someone who's probably not even going to measure five foot nine, under 200 pounds, you know, how he fits in at the next level. I think he's more of a situational type of back third down type of back, although his pass catching numbers were not that great. He's got excellent speed. He's a creative ball carrier. I just don't know that backs that are under five foot nine are going to go early in the draft. So Daryl Henderson, who's already declared, I have him as a fourth rounder. After that, I like Austin Hall, the fourth year junior from Memphis a lot. Really a, a Jamal Adams type of safety. And I'm not saying he's Jamal Adams. I said, I'm saying he's that type of safety in the box, up the field, fierce, very intense, a guy who plays all out a guy who seeks out ball handlers and basically flies around the action working to make the tackles, and he usually does. As far as Wake Forest is concerned, you know, their top draft prospect on my board anyway was Justin Heron, the offensive tackle who I graded as a third-round pick at one point, was injured early in the season, is going to go back for another year. So that makes Philip Haynes, who played just inside of Justin Heron, their top prospect in this game, the offensive guard, number 74, He's big at six foot four, 312 pounds, more of a small area blocker. Entering the season, scouts had graded him as a potential six-round choice. His game kind of leveled off this year. He really didn't take the next step up. I'm hearing late-round grades on him. He's going to be in the postseason. As far as the, the All-Star games, we could, we could expect to see him at either the Shrine or the Senior. He's got a lot of upside. I think he just disappointed the way he played this year. Now, before we get into some draft-related news... Please support the Draft Analysts by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at Believe.com. Leave a rating and a review. And if you ask a question in your review, we'll do our best to answer it on the show. You can also tweet us questions at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe underscore LA to get in touch with the show. Now, Tony, we've been a bit ahead of the curve, if you might say, on this podcast when it comes to breaking news on which underclassmen are going to enter the draft. Two players we said that would enter who have since made it official are Eastern Michigan's Max Crosby and Michigan State's Justin Lane. But one name we've spoken about at length who has yet to make a decision is Fresno State defensive back Mike Bell. What's the latest out of Fresno? Yeah, I'm hearing Bell is definitely going to enter the draft. There is some word out there that he's already informed coaches that he intends on leaving. Bell, a versatile defensive back, lines up a free safety, has excellent cover skills. Some people think he can play corner at the next level. Terrific length, decent size, really has a developing game. So I'm told, as we stated all along, we expect him to enter the draft. The rumor is he's already informed coaches that he's going to uh, make himself eligible for the draft. He just hasn't publicly declared it yet. Tony, is there any other underclassmen news coming out of Fresno State? 
Yeah, I'm hearing that middle linebacker Jeffrey Allison, the large six foot, 250 pound run defender, is also seriously considering entering the draft. If you watch him, you can't miss him on film because he stands out due to his size. More of a two down player, a guy who's very good against the run in the box, but really struggles to cover any amount of area. Pass cover skills and pass defense is not his forte. If he enters the draft, as I'm told, he's very likely to. Probably not going to be selected at any point in the seven rounds, and we'll have to make it as an undrafted free agent. Now we'll stay out west, and we have some news out of Utah. Tony, can you fill us in? Yeah, there was some uh, speculation as to which defensive lineman would enter the draft. I'm told that Bradley and Nay, the junior defensive end, is very likely to enter. In fact, some people have told me he's already gone. I graded him as a six-rounder over the summer. He's had a decent year, sort of an undersized pass rusher that gets a lot of pressure up the field. Six foot three. He's probably going to come in at about 260 pounds. Good edge speed, good balance, but he's a bit of a liability against the run. Is he going to be a defensive end in a four-man front? Is he going to stand up over tackle? He can rush the passer, and those guys get drafted at some point during the seven rounds. So if a nade does declare, as I'm told he will, Look for him somewhere in the late part of the last day of the draft. Now we'll head back east and we'll go down to the SEC, where Alabama is readying themselves for another shot at another national title, something we are getting used to seeing on an annual basis. While Alabama gets ready, is one of their top prospects getting ready to declare for the draft next year? That's what I'm told. I mean, the word is is that Quinton Williams, the nose tackle, who is going to be a top three pick, could be the first overall selection in the draft. Word is, is he will enter the draft and he's already decided on an agent. And just for transparency, you know, players can decide and commit to agents. They just can't sign with an agent. So the word is, is that Quinton Williams is going to enter the draft. He's decided on representation. And why not? I mean, the guy's going to be a top three pick unless he really likes school. He really doesn't have a lot to gain by going back, except if he feels that Alabama's going to win yet another national championship. But I look for Williams to enter the draft and look for him to be a top three selection, if not the first overall pick. Crossing the border into Mississippi now, we do have some news coming out of both Old Miss and Mississippi State. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, I'm told that Benito Jones is who we've talked about before, who was considering the draft, is very likely to go back. At least he's telling people now that he's going to go back to school. Could still change his mind. There's still time, but it looks like he will return. Kind of out of position at nose tackle. More of a natural defensive tackle. Quick, explosive, potential three-technique guy. We'll have to wait and see what happens with that. From Mississippi State, Darrell Williams, who plays offensive guard next to center Elton Jenkins, is also considering the draft. He's a guy who, if he enters, I think he's a last-day pick. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. More of a small area lineman, but people tell me that it's a bit of a surprise that he's thinking this, but he may be done with the uh, college game. And one more interesting note, which has nothing to do with any of the underclassmen. I'm told that the Seattle Seahawks really like Mississippi State cornerback Jamal Peters, a player we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. He has outstanding length. He's a tough guy. He flashes ball skills, had some issues with injuries this year, but when he came back, he rebounded well and he showed consistent progress in his game. He entered the season graded by scouts as a second rounder. I think he's more of a third round type prospect, but keep the name of Jamal Peters associated with the Seattle Seahawks as we move towards April's draft. Tony, we're going to head back to the Mac for a second here. 
We mentioned Max Crosby from Eastern Michigan before, a pass rusher who is declaring for the NFL draft. There is another Mac pass rusher, one of the more proficient sack artists in the nation the past two years, and that's Sutton Smith out of Northern Illinois. He declared for the draft last week. Uh, last two seasons, he has 29 sacks, 56 tackles for loss. Just enormous, enormous numbers. We have a couple questions for you on Smith. And the first one is, were you surprised by his decision to enter his name into the draft? In the end, no, and I'll tell you why. I had not heard that he was leaning towards entering the draft. Actually, I didn't ask about it, but he's 23 years old as a redshirt junior, and I'm sure he figures that it's time to uh, move on to the next level. He's probably accomplished all he can at Northern Illinois. Where do you think he ends up getting drafted? I think it's going to be somewhere in the last day of the draft. I don't think it's going to be earlier in the fourth round, probably more in the fifth round area. I mean, he's a smaller guy. I was told that he's going to measure just a touch over six foot, may not even be six foot, a half inch, probably going to be about 230 to 235 pounds. I hear he's got short arms. He's got small hands. I mean, the bottom line is he's a terrific football player on the college level, but he just doesn't have the measurables for the next level to be anything other than the last day selection. Based on those stats, based on the size that you mentioned, what position do you think he projects to? People tell me that they don't think he can play any other spot other than inside linebacker. Maybe he's a situational pass rusher at the next level, but right now it looks like he's going to have to make the move to inside linebacker, which a lot of undersized pass rushers, a lot of undersized defensive ends coming out of the college ranks have had to do in the past. And that's all we have for you on the 10th episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to send us questions to answer on the show as well. As always, head over to draftanalyst.com. We'll be your go-to resource for information on this year's bowl games. We'll have you covered with every game and the most intriguing prospects in all of the matchups. We've got a few Saturday games left to break down as well. So we'll be back Friday with another show for you guys. And we will talk to you then.